Welcome to the latest edition of the Progress with Unity podcast. And uh, this is a Thursday evening, we usually record on a Wednesday. Unfortunately, or fortunately, whichever way we look at it, the last six played this Wednesday and uh, we couldn't do a recording, but we decided to do one on a Thursday anyway. But we've been kicked out of our usual studios and we're in a public house, the Springfield on uh, Springfield. Springfield Road. Thank you, Mick, for that. Uh, so it might be a little bit noisy in the background, but uh, we can put up with that. We're all jolly and happy. Uh, the reason we've been kicked out of the studios tonight is because there is a meditation group in there. And we're all going to dip down afterwards. We're going to do some ying and yanging. And we've got some uh, lotus flower tea to drink. And we're going to do a bit of meditating ourselves, aren't we? Um, yes. We've yeah. not had too much to drink, though. Well, I, th- I tell you what, this part of us is going down a tree, so... Anyway, let's crack on with the evening. Now, we've got uh, a bit of a full house around the table tonight. Um, Gareth, how are you doing, Gareth? Doing well, thank you very much. Excellent. Uh, Adam? Right, I'm not doing so bad. Good. Mick? I'm alright. Colin and Ty on straight from Perth evening, I believe. Oh, straight from work, yeah, straight from work. Good yeah. lad. Sorted Good on the right? Paul, how are you doing, Paul? Doing alright, yeah. Dan? Alright, thank you. Excellent. And we've got uh, a new face, I was going to say, but a new voice this evening. Uh, Alan, how are you doing, Alan? I'm alright, thanks, and thanks for not referring to me as a special guest, that's alright. Right, well, <laughs> uh, what I will, uh, for the listeners, you might know Alan as uh, Neil Rimmer's Perm, and he goes by that name on the old interweb, and having seen him in the flesh, so to speak, I can understand why, because it is a, quite a snazzy urkel, that. <laughs> It's not a bloody perm, though, is it? Well, I don't know. Come on, it's natural. It's natural, aren't it? It was natural in 1976. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a patch on Neil Rimmer's perm. Oh, good one, Dan, good one. Yeah. Right, anyway, uh, Alan's come here, we're going to chat a little bit about something that he's involved with later on. Uh, he's going to tell us a little bit about what's going on there. Uh, but, before we get to that, and we're going to quickly review uh, two great football matches that we've been involved with since the last time we was on the air. So, without further ado, I'm going to go over to Gareth, Statman. who was at Bloomfield Road on Saturday, and he's got some stats from the game. Yes, the stats from the game, Blackpool versus Wigan Athletic. Possession, Blackpool managed 48% and Wigan 52%. Attempts, both teams managed 11 Blackpool managed three on target, and the Latics managed six on target. Blackpool Ooh. committed 11 fouls, Wigan 15. Both teams got two yellow cards, no reds, and Wigan Athletic won 3-1. Good stuff from that, Gareth, is the fact that the foul count's going up. It's good to see he's getting stuck in. Correct. It is, it is. Um, one thing that stands out to me is Malcolm Mackay seems to have put a spine to the team. Um, the two midfielders, the two front men. That is, of course, when McLean went to the wind. I liked it more. And the two centre backs are, well, solid, shall we say. Solid. And what was the atmosphere like? What would you say the atmosphere was like on Saturday? The atmosphere was terrific. Terrific. The atmosphere was terrific, yeah. A bit of relief coming back, or uh, or just, just Latix fans having a good time? Latix fans having a good time. <laughs> Yeah, the good time. Did that rub off on the players then, do you think? <laughs> what brought it, you can see it really did have an effect on the players. Uh, when McLean scored his goal and came over to the crowd, I don't know if you noticed yeah. that, and he really, really was passionate you yeah. know, and sharing it with the crowd. It was great to see. Always pumped up in here. I thought he was offside though. I did. He took he Clark passed it. He did, yeah. yeah like, I was like, what's he doing? You've wrecked it though. Yeah, but he oh, does it count if it's a tackle though? Because I thought I looked at it and thought, well, what's he doing tackling his own player? <laughs> well, he would have got a red card, wouldn't he? Because he was, he was a goal scoring opportunity. Never caught up with it. He never, all game, he, couldn't, he was giving decisions that he didn't oh, yes. Yeah. But we know what these linesmen are like, don't we? Oh, yeah. These yeah. terrible decisions. A good result. You can't ask for more three goals away from home and three points. No matter who you play, you know, I know black, black people are crap, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. I think you have to make that point as well. So I work in Blackpool, and uh, just in case anybody's listening to it, they were crap. They yeah. were by far and away the worst team I, I, I've seen this season. Apart from ourselves on occasions, I think, maybe. Yeah. Were they better than the pitch, though? Have you seen that picture that um, the club put on Twitter? 
of uh, the tackle going on and the sand. Yes, yes. Yeah. Sort of like three foot in the air. You don't, uh, you don't work with uh, bluebell, do you, on the beach? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I promised Adam a better one for this yeah. week. So, mate, uh, mate, good result. Uh, cracking results. Um, I think back to the predictions, and uh, I'm not saying too much about this, but uh, <laughs> you know, certainly in that area, wasn't I? Which, Nick, are you referring to your predictions or Barry's predictions? Mine. Right, okay. All Mine. predictions. I don't, I don't care about anybody else's. These people who put them down and all the rest of it. <laughs> you know. Us diodes who stuck by them, through thick and thin, you know, who didn't actually hear the game on radio, didn't get to the game, even though I was only like two miles away from the ground. Well peed off with missing it, but hey. There, we there go. you go. Jeez, you'd think we were safe already, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, you say that, Dan. Um, it's a good, good feeling to come away. I mean, that was our second away victory on the bounce, yeah. the Blackpool one, and we'll come on to what yes. turned out to be our third one in, in a moment. But we'll not talk about the home yeah, home matches. Forget that. Forget. There's no place like home. There's no. Roger Espinosa said that three times and ended up in Kansas of all places. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, should wear them boots. The ruby. Yeah, should Ruby, Ruby, Ruby. Ruby. <laughs> but um, yeah, what, what, what a what a what a boost it give our confidence. Yeah, there was a feeling of last chance saloon about it, and I think the history of Wigan Athletic and Wigan time coming to the fore at this time of year, it it, it happened again, or it is happening. It's, it's happening. Next year, but happening. Well, yeah, happy with three-one winner, Blackpool. Yeah, um, particularly in the context of. Um, the fact that if we manage to escape what start off being the worst manager in the club's history if he escapes the drop turn out to have done a bloody good job especially if he's done it in the financial constraints and kept us solvent if we make it I mean you can't argue I mean just before we start recording say it's like a, a drowning man we've come up we've took a big gasp of air and then we've gone under again a lot of work to be done but I tell you what we're still fighting I'd make one point about him though and in my opinion our, the improvements in the team have come or the, the performances have come since his hand's been forced he's not really got a choice now in the team that he's putting out we've lost defenders we've lost midfielders and we, you know he's got an 11 now that he can play but he's probably got 12 he's got some choices up front hasn't he and that's where the improvements mm. come in great if we do it but I wouldn't be making judgments, just, just as it might have been wrong to make judgments on, on Rosler when uh, he picked up a great squad last year, it, it may be wrong to make judgments about the long term quality of the manager we've got now. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't argue with that. No. But I'd like to see some of, some of the players that he has brought in, I'd love to see them stay. I mean, I was looking at Kimbo, for example. What, what a f- fine idea. So, how has he not been? He's played five times this season for Cardiff, that was it. Frozen out. Unbelievable. He's like, I mean, your your namesake Neil Rimmer. He, he reminds me so much of him. His energy, his enthusiasm, buzzing around the pitch, in and out everywhere. Fantastic player. Obviously scored that goal as well. Didn't he? I mean, I scored that goal to be, you know, <laughs> any one of us would have. It was on a play for him. But he um, still together. We had a midfielder in the box. Unbelievable. Uh, Maguire's Maguire was, I was yeah. going to mention Maguire Bong's another one we're not going to keep Maguire though are we because he's, he's, he's all City's player we've got him on, uh, on loan hopefully we can keep him for the rest of the season now fingers touch wood and all yeah mm. uh, and even what I've seen of Pierce I, I've liked what I've seen of him he's, he's, he's not a big lad is he for a centre half he doesn't look like a centre half but puts himself he's not frightened he puts himself about was that Harry Pierce? Harry Pierce <laughs> referred to by Ed Jones on numerous occasions oh. Uh, Ed Jones was fantastic. Yes, he was. It was Ed Er Jones, wasn't it? Yeah, he was fantastic. But if you take it in the right context, a bloke who's obviously been lumped in at the deep end. Well, he came with a lot of passion, didn't he? It was a lot of passion in that commentary. Oh yeah. I mean, I I wasn't commentary, was it? It was live score updates and who's and ours. There was one point where he had a rival. No, it was a bit high. A lot of it was, but. Like I say, it was good, if you take it for what it was. There was one point where he had a rag with Fortuny as well, because Fortuny got tackled, dropped to the floor, and he was saying, get up, for goodness sake, man. 
give it for the team, don't start mourning to the linesman, get up and fight. <laughs> this is a comedy, yes. but, but it was said with passion, and it's, it's like what the fans were thinking yeah. as well. Oh, that's what you want on local radio, isn't it? Well, it is, yeah, and I can't believe he's had a go at me for having a go at them, but he has to go himself, so if you listen to this, Ed, <laughs> then we're touched by the way. Anyway, so we, c- we come away from Blackpool, Gareth. Can I say something no. before we leave Blackpool? No. Because I don't think it's been underlined. All right, then, I well. was at Blackpool and Kim Hill was as good as any other three players on that field. He was terrific. He's, some of his, certainly second half, some of his runs and his balance, phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. The way he touched the ball down on that pitch is amazing. Yeah, mm. great player. Um, we've had we've had a lad from um, Cardiff uh, adopt this northern soul as sort of like a, a bit of a drop-in centre. Um, comes on, tells us our woes and things. He's what his woes, sorry. And uh, his view of of Kim was he's a bit lightweight, gets knocked off the ball easy, and when it happens, he gets uh, disinterested. But I've not seen that at all. He, he like I say, he's got energy. When he loses, when he gets a tackle made, he, he looks like he might lose it, but then doesn't give up. His tenacity is great in, in, in tackles. He's not the strongest lad, but he sticks in there and comes out with the ball. And he's a Tigerish he's, he's, he's top player. Yeah, yeah he's, uh, he's, he buzzes. He buzzes and Gareth Wright's one guy on that. So, yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but I thought we needed to. Well, uh, you, you interrupt quite yeah. a lot these these days, Gareth. And above all, Timbo Kyung's probably brought a lot of ad revenue to the club. Have you seen his video on YouTube? Vlasic's official YouTube channel. 200,000 views. Wow. Mm. Well, again, you know, I mean, the marketing people at the club, surely, there's an opportunity there to... Uh, you mean we might not have a kitchen exploit. shop on the back of our shirts next season? No. I'm not, we, we, we're not editing the next bit out, so... Believe <laughs> 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 it at that. Keep right. Thanks. Gareth. So... Full of buzz in it, enthusiasm. We dare to believe, we dare to believe that, that we might get a point down at Norwich. But something else happened. Give us the stats. Yes, the stats from the game Norwich City versus Wigan Athletic. Possession 68% to Norwich and only 32% to the Latics. Norwich managed 11 attempts, Wigan just 3. Norwich had two attempts on target, Wigan just one. They committed 14 fouls, Wigan 13. Norwich had four yellow cards, the Latics three, no reds, and we won. 1 0. 1 0. Anybody around this table go last night? Heads are shaking, no. No. Anybody seen the highlights? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. Off those highlights, I mean, I've seen the Norwich City highlights, and what the show. They don't show anything really, do they? It looks like, and listening to the commentary, it looks from, from where I was uh, listening and what I've seen today, it looks like we, we basically controlled the game, smothered them, kept them out, we've gone a goal up, uh, and we kept it solid. They, they had a couple of chances, that was about it, wasn't it? Um, the Bradley Johnson effort, when he was at the, the, the back stick. And that wasn't featured on the highlights, was it? It was on the ones I saw, yeah, oh, there's, okay. there's uh, longer ones on the Norwich side. Uh, but Kim again came in there and put him off. I don't know if, if, if everybody's seen it, he did a, a good job. Uh, it's also showed a tackle lot on pennants where Olsen got boots. Two footed slid in and all the Norwich fans were up in hands. Have you seen that, Gareth? I have, yeah. yeah. It was a nasty tackle. It was Is a that challenge. the one where Neil Rimmer, Neil Rimmer was calling pennants a bit soft, saying, oh, he's just showing off his injury for his mates type thing? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But he, he, he had to get withdrawn shortly after that, so it was a bad injury. Um, oh, injury enough, bad enough to, to, to get him. You can't well, always see everything first time, though, Barry. With the McManaman thing against Newcastle, everybody thought it was the first tackle at the time. I still do. You were, how do you? Yeah. You, you got the ball. This is how you deal with her drives, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Turn them off. Anyway, fantastic, fantastic points there, Adam. How's it left you today? How are you feeling after? Three away games on the trot. Bang, yeah, bang, bang. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Can we play away every week? I hope so. <laughs> I'm dreading this Saturday game because we're on some form now. We might have only won two games, but two games is a big fraction of what we've done all season. Look, we've only won two games on the trot all season, haven't we? We've exactly. only done it once before. Yeah, so hopefully we can take, kick on from here, but we've said that. We've won three and five as well. It, it feels different though, doesn't it? It does. It when does. you say kick on, it feels different. We've already got, we've already got two decent games behind us now. 
and, and even the ones before that weren't bad. I, I mean, we were sat here moaning because we'd, we'd suffered two defeats. Shocking against Cardiff. The, the, the we were in the second half. We were against Charlton. We were unlucky to lose. And now we've got two good wins behind us. Yeah. And it does feel different now. We should have had a draw against Cardiff, I thought. I'll say one thing. It's the first, first time I've seen the stats since Blackpool because I've been still suffering and hangover until like about dinner time today. <laughs> Possession. Had two on games, Cardiff and Charlton. We dominated. Didn't feel like it when we was watching the game. We dominated possession. We were like 60 or 70 percent, was it? In one of the times. Remember at half time it was 65 percent yeah, in one yeah, of the games. Yeah. You know, you look, you look at this. It's down to 50 percent against Blackpool. We only have 32 percent. And maybe that's something that suits Mackay's game, not having the ball, playing without the ball. That's the problem with us, isn't it? We're used to uh, Martinez's philosophies about keeping possession, keeping the ball, and that's what my eyes are attracted to. That every at the end of every game, how much possession do we have? How many passes do we make? But that's playing a particular style, isn't it? And I still don't want my head around that yet. I still need to come to terms with the fact that Roberto Martinez is 18 miles down the East Lanks Road. That's not what I'm saying. It's just, you look at the balance between sort of like home games and away games, and you expect to have the ball more in a home game than you're doing in a away game. Mm. It's easier for teams to sit off and say, you have the ball, you're at home, you have the ball, attack us. And maybe that's where we've been struggling, actually Mm. working out what to do with it. I think we end up just pumping long balls. I think an issue has been the opposition side scoring first, which has always put us on the back foot, and then we have to go forward. And they shove 11 men behind the ball, as we did last night. Yeah. We've only come from behind once this season to, to, get, to get anything as well, haven't we? Derby. Derby away. The thing is, we ended up winning. It's, it's the games we have, is we've got in there and we've got a pretty early goal. And. What's happened there is the old team then have had to open up to come and play at us, which has enabled us then to get in amongst them and get between them. So it's it's good the fact that we've actually been getting the early goal. My missus though has come up with an absolute belting statistic. Now, as we all know, my missus is a season ticket holder down there, so she knows her onions. And she's pointed out the fact that I haven't been to a single away game this season. Where has our success been? Exactly. So I'm now openly confessing I am banned from going on Saturday. Good. We're banned from the book cycle. We're banned from the home game. Banned from I'm the banned from the home game this Saturday. Uh, I'm not going to this home game on Saturday. Uh, and you're listening to your missus, mate. Well, I have to go out with her, you see. Bit of superstition, though. Nothing to do with uh, the beer festival. <laughs> no, that's Friday, that. That's Friday, that. The fact that I'm actually going to a meal with her. You see, Saturday. Well, the game last night um, won as the LMA Performance of the Week award, uh, which was a, a good achievement, and it's something that we've not had this season. So uh, that's, and it, I mean, he's much maligned, Malcolm Mackay. Is that right? Did we not get after we beat Birmingham? <laughs> I don't know. I've just got a vague memory that we, no. that we might have done about that. I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I think after that, I, I'm not 100, percent but. <laughs> Um, I, I think it is the first time, uh, but and also what I was saying is, uh, Malcolm McKay has been much maligned anti for, for lots of different reasons with the Latics fans. Um, this is good because I think you know his comments today as well. What I've read uh, on about uh, the fact that the players that are at the club now on short-term contracts been brought in on one he's saying a lot of people have had things to say about that it's like he's saying I don't know it's, it, it's good I, I think it's a good a good boost for him it's a good confidence boost for him himself and, it's, and I'm, I'm quite pleased yeah I have is this the sound of Barry heating humble pie I, I admit <laughs> I put a slightly different take on it just, just to come out like, the most important thing for anybody at Wigan Athletic now across the next two months is what happens on the pitch there are issues there are issues potentially with a manager, potentially with the structure of the club, but what happens on the pitch over the next two months is the most important thing and everybody has to put them aside. Whatever anybody's said, let's have those conversations in the summer. That's what I would say. Let's, let's, let's talk about whether we've got the best man for the job in the summer. Let's concentrate 
on keeping our team in this division because no matter what the best thing for this club is to be playing at the highest level it can afford to play at mm. I think everybody wants that yeah, yeah I certainly wouldn't argue with that no, I know, I know that there are people that think we're better off down a division because we'll, we'll be more competitive but that's absolutely we thought that two years ago that's absolutely rubbish some, some, some people do you're absolutely yeah. spot on you know you yeah. want to be as as competitive on the pitch as you can as high up as you can mm-hmm. <clears throat> but, but like you say you can afford things going on around you though does affect you it affects your focus that thing, what you've got to think about is everybody at work if the owner of the factory or the owner of the school or whatever changes you start asking questions oh I do I fit in here or whatever things do affect you and a good manager is a manager who will take his players away with what's just been said here on the table making them focus on that and I think we've got to give the lad credit he's he's had a rough deal he's had a rough deal over the last couple of months as a manager I think and he's still got a load more brand smelly stuff to come. Yeah, and I think the other thing with it is these last two games we've won. Yes. It's not it's only happened once before this season, and that was in August. So if we can't set, make here out of sunshine, when can we make here? Let's, let's let's enjoy it. The, obje- the objectives and, and I know there's been debate about what his objectives were. Basically, at the point where he was appointed we're going backwards. Objectives: keep us solvent, keep us in this division. January, we've probably gone a long way to the first one. Last last week, we've gone a long way to the second one. Although, albeit we're a long way away still. Yeah, I mean, the objectives debates it is a long one, but I think you know you take the point. All right, I take the point that until two games ago, when he came in, we were as far away from the playoffs as we were from safety, and I don't think for one minute. When Dave Whelan said, "Trust me," he was thinking about the long-term security of the club. He wasn't talking, thinking about the financial position. He was thinking about, "I want to get back in that Premier League." And I think he, that that's, that is Dave Whelan's. Uh, uh, which, point, uh, which point did that change? Then you said it many times, aren't you? That you thought Dave Whelan thought he was going a top manager at a cheap price, didn't you? Because yeah. of the situation he was in, and I, I agree. I think that's what he did think. Yeah. That's what he thought. I, I certainly think that get back up with the the prime focus at the end of the August window because that's where they were spending money somewhere along the way that changed because I, in January it was a fire sale it's well I think, I think that's the point it changed down. I think that's come the start of January we hadn't gone forwards from November mm. and I think that's the point it changed Right, anyway, uh, we, we, can, we can leave those two games now. Apart from the fact to say that uh, once... Ah, just put myself in the eye with my glasses. But uh, apart from the fact to say that last night, Kim Ball was once again uh, superb from what I've seen of him. Scored a cracking goal. Left-footed uh, strike, assisted by anybody? Leon Clark. <laughs> That's what Sky said. Mark Antoine Fortune. Oh, was it? Sorry. Yes, it was. <laughs> with his orange boots. He edited it, yeah. Lovely cushioned header, straight into his uh, in, into uh, Kimball's path, mm. path, and he uh, smacked it home. Fortune is underrated, I think. Not by people on this podcast, of course, but by certain people out there in the webosphere. Yeah, me. The latexosphere. I told you, and I keep telling you, he's panning for his best buddy. He needs all, the old master back. <laughs> on that subject, mate, on that very subject, having watched the Blackpool game, he's a better player with another striker at the side yes, of him is. than he is with James yeah. McLean at the side of him. That's not a criticism of James no. McLean, that's a criticism of being in the wrong place. I think he's a winger, James McLean, and the well, two men yeah. in Clark yeah. and Fortuna were a far better combination. No, I agree with, I agree with you definitely there, Gareth, and I'd like to shake McLean's hand for making a good fist of what uh, he's been asked to do. Well, you'll have to do that play. in a couple of weeks, but that's another he's story. Been, uh, he's been asked to play out of position, really, hasn't he? Mm. But Fortune is, it's like, we can go back to the days of Ivanhoe when he was down here, right? Mm-hmm. He, was, he was actually a foil for whoever was playing up front with him. He'd get the ball, he'd hold the ball, he'd feed him, bang. He was we, on his own, though, when he played up here. 
most of the time apart from when Zaki's coming he only played with him for three months yeah well he banged some goals didn't he yeah alright <laughs> right anyway so uh, Kimbo defence Gareth's already mentioned Mark Antoine Fortuné uh, Team Spirit was back and I think there's a bit of belief back as well so that's the, the last two games so we'll move on a little bit before we move on any further Mick's got to say Sorry, I, just, I just want to ask um, does, did the change of keeper have any bearing <laughs> on the result do you think my favourite subject what keepers no uh, Ali, Ab- Ali Alabzi um, I think when we signed him it was a an emotional decision not a financial decision which is a rare thing at our club um, and he's a decent keeper but at the moment we're carrying two keepers that were paying probably more than a lot of the outfield players that were playing and I don't know that over the years we've had the value from Ali Al Abzi on the pitch um, <clears throat> I think Carson was hard done to when he was dropped um, but I also think when he, when, when he was dropped it was more an emotional decision than a football decision and I think I don't know where you're going I think Al Abzi we, we conceded how many goals did we concede in those was it four or five games he was in Approaching 15, maybe, I don't know. Oh, there was uh, three, four, three. Three against Bournemouth, three against Chelsea. Um, I've got to admit, though, I did Forest, feel as yeah. though at the time when he was, yeah. when Absi was brought back into the team, it was right to do so because I think Carson yeah. had one or two little, um, you know, quiet games, so to speak. Yeah. But they'd also both had uh, Ridgewell and Barnett in front of them as the centre-backs. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a big difference there, isn't there? But I think in, in the old, you know, the conversations we had in January about uh, making financial decisions uh, over football ones, we've also got a very good keeper at the club who's not earning a lot of money. And out of contract in, in four months. Yeah, who, who maybe was worth a go in January mm. to find out whether he's worth that contract, whether he's better off than the people. Well, he's not even playing for, for, for the development squad, is he? So it's a strange one. He's in that age. He's in that age bracket where yeah. he's, he's a bit too old now. If you're going to give, if you're going to give people like whoever a, a, a go, he's um, we've had to fix him up with a loan deal, though, don't we? You know, yeah. it's just to get him, just keep him ticking over. It's, well, it's I, just, I said from I said in August, one of them should have gone. You know, like you say carrying two good keepers and should have shifted one in January should have shifted one in August three good keepers yeah, if, we were, if we were carrying three good keepers if we were genuinely good. making financial decisions in January then arguably both of them should have come maybe they couldn't get shut up yeah that's the true. thing you, that's the thing you possible you know yeah. you can't is it in the interest of those two lads if you've got two players who are still in contract though, you can't just offload them without the consent of them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Carson's exactly. just going to sit there and say, how are you steady on boys? No way. Carson's not happening. Carson's yeah. still got a long time in his contract as well, yeah, hasn't well. he? I mean, I mean, we could be sat here with the powers that be at the club agreeing with us absolutely and completely. But unless you've got a buyer but, and a willing keeper to but move... Go, sorry, but going back to my it? original point of saying that a keeper, you know, change a keeper, I think the new faces in the team I think the new lineup of the team, I think it's all had a positive effect. I think it really has, I think it's worked well. Um, right, anyway, we'll leave all that behind, we're moving on now. Uh, I've had an email this week regarding last week's podcast from a guy called uh, Rod Prescott. Uh, good evening, Rod. And he's pulled us up, me up, <laughs> on a little clangor that was dropped last week. And we said that Sam Cosgrove. Uh, came on as a substitute against Bolton when we were talking about the youth and, and the way forward and uh, he pointed out rightly so that Sam Cosgrove didn't come on <laughs> against Bolton so once again we ba- saw him at half time Barry gets things wrong well, yeah, it's, it's nothing new it was a little warming up at the end confused us yeah well none of us pulled you up on it at the time so it's because none of you knew no because we put Barry up on stuff he had his designs after spending 20 years in the fire service there's one thing I've learned and that's to BS and if you BS with confidence, you can pull things off. Well, well talking on that point then, we're talking about the Bolton game, I think uh, if a local lad didn't come on for us, at least a local lad had, had an influence on the game, because uh, I think, what, what, I can't remember his name now. Is that Clough? Clough, he's yeah, doing quite he well for him, quite, quite yeah. easily be uh, yeah. part of our setup. I don't know, I think he's, he's 
Yeah. It's from these parts rather than those parts. Yeah, well, he's doing quite well. Two in the city. He is. He's a city fan, is he? From Manchester. Uh, so he Right. Right, anyway, uh, you've heard a, a different voice this evening, and it's Alan. Alan Moore, are you doing? I'm alright, thank you. Excellent. So, Alan, um, and you've been uh, quite active on Twitter this past uh, few weeks, and uh, obviously we've invited you along to sort of explain what's going on. Right. Um, wind back a bit, I think, and go, go to the um, Leeds game at Boxing Day. Uh, I saw the ticket prices. Um, I've got the privilege of having several Twitter accounts through uh, one thing or another. Oh, all and, right. uh, like those people with several phones, mobile yeah. phones. <laughs> no, I'm not one of them. Oh, right. <laughs> um, and I, through the This Northern Soul um, Twitter account, just threw out a comment about whether there was any mileage in uh, boycotting the game. Now, whether what you think about what happened with the Leeds game, whether it was a boycott or not a boycott, whether it was just something that was thrown out and discussed. What impressed me was the depth of feeling around the club that came out of that. And um, it started with, didn't start me thinking, it pushed ideas that I'd, I'd had about independent supporters organisations to the forefront of my mind. Um, and that's where I'm not going to say Latics United were born because I think most Latics fans will remember Latics United in its previous incarnation through the Anthony Ramsdale stuff and, and, and the other charities it supported. But it seemed an appropriate way to resurrect that and, and try to unify Latics supporters at a time where we were probably as fragmented as, as we've ever been. Um, to get people together in a common cause of supporting the club in the right way for the long term um, now what shape that takes is another question and um, events since then um, and conversations since then have gone in different ways I, what I would say is that is the people that um, I'm talking to about Latics United the people who are involved in sort of like shaping what we're saying are ardent fans of fan involvement in running football clubs uh, one thing we've been accused of through sort of like publicising that, that type of agenda is uh, trying to be Manchester United who do you think you are? Manchester United um, trying to run a football club we're not sitting here now saying we want to own Wigan Athletic I don't want to own Athletic. I don't want to be chairman of Wigan Athletic. Um, I possibly don't even want to be on the board of Wigan Athletic. But I do think that having organised fans and pushing that into the, the arena of having that organised fans organisation represented within the club is a positive idea. And I, I think that's what we're trying to achieve. So what, what's the difference then between, say... Uh, well, no, not not much that because that's that's something different. But the supporters club, for example, the supporters club. Well, the first first difference, um, and I'll probably get into that in a, in a little bit, is that the supporters club have a lot more members than we do at this moment. Uh, the supporters club also have um, other interests. In, in what they do that mean that they have to retain a close connection with the club so they're associated they've got an they're official for yeah. a start yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, they, they have that in the title they are the official supporters club there, there is something to be said for having another group as long as it's strong enough that can keep an arm's length when it's needed to be kept so not trying to pick holes in anything here so what's the difference then between Latics United say or This Northern Soul, or Cockney Latic, or Vital Wigan, or Latics 1932, or, or Wigan.net. Right, I, I would say that there's no difference. What, and uh, um, Latics United originally, and, and still now, at this moment in time, will be presented as an umbrella organisation. What we're trying to do is pull all those different 
things together so that you've got one voice that can go to the club and say look we have the backing of we have a mandate we have the backing of a, a large proportion of Latics fans and this is the feeling at this moment in time that's the starting point sorry and Jesus was the winner I forgot to put that in there Dan sorry about that you could <laughs> do, 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 do you think there are issues that are currently sufficiently uniting of all the different various websites and things that have been mentioned I think the one thing that all those websites are interested in is what happens beyond tomorrow what happens beyond the end of the season all those, all those websites, all those people who post on those websites want a club to support in 20 years time we want, all want to make sure there's a club there and nobody knows what's going to happen between now and that 20 years time can I just ask, uh, why, why, why worry about what's going to happen in 20 years? Why worry about the fact that the club might not be there? Because it's not really the state of the club what's going to be uh, a question here, is it? It's the actual playing capability of the team. And if we've got a crap team, we're going to go down. If we've got a great team, we're going to go up. But you can have a great team, you can spend a lot of money on it, it can keep you up for as long as you want, and then tomorrow you realise that all that money, all that was built on nothing, and all of a sudden you're Portsmouth. And, and, and what what we're saying now isn't that we're in trouble. It's how would a fan's voice change that? It's about preparation. You look at Portsmouth, you look at Rangers to a certain extent. They've, their fans are now in diff different shapes. Portsmouth are very organised, they're running the club. Rangers are trying to get into that position. But both of those situations, they've had to react to what happened. Yeah. There's a lot of, Barry used the phrase before, and I thought, damn, I'm not going to be able to use it, making hay while the sun shines. Get oh, organised. No, yeah, no. yeah, Getting organised whilst we're in a strong right. position. Whilst you know it'd been great if, if we were getting organised whilst we had twenty thousand fans. Those fan those fan numbers are falling. I, you know, the more fans we can get on board with this sort of thing now, the stronger that organisation will be. And if nothing happens, then you know all all we can hope for is that through one thing or another we've had a good time and we've enjoyed ourselves through it if something happens we're ready to react to it sorry the reason I'm asking this is like having been part of a board of a professional sports outfit the last thing you want are fans yeah you want business people you want business people who have, a, who have a, an invested financial interest in that business right to make sure they don't lose their money the last thing you want are actual fans what you want is you want a representation from those fans in a voice, right? So you need to offer your fans the facility of saying, look, okay then, we, we're having a forum, please come and hear your grievances, hear your support, whatever, we'll take on board what we're doing, and they should actually have, have a member of the board who liaises with these groups at uh, various times and stages, but to say that you want fan representation in the boardroom, for me, I don't think it should actually even be, be, be considered. I, I, I just I pull it. I mean, it's a it's a good debate, um, but there's every possibility, and, and I've, I've been saying this to people today um, around you know, what sort of mandate Latics United have at the moment, and my answer to that is no. Yeah. <coughs> um, Wigan Athletic fans may all agree with you. They may not want representation on the board of, of their club, and that's fine. If that's not what Wigan Athletic fans want, they won't get it. If if Wigan Athletic fans turn round to us and say, appropriate <laughs> <laughs> music, if Wigan Athletic fans turn round to us and say that's what they do want, then what we're saying is we'll support you, we'll, yeah, we'll tell, and we'll help you do that. How would you get it? Because this is a business. It's a business, I, uh, you know, to well, be, I'll, to I'll, become a board member, you're either invited with portfolio or you don't have portfolio, or you have to be a shareholder. 
So how would you get it? There are, there is uh, government money, government initiatives, there is a push from the centre to involve fans more in the running of football. Swansea do it quite a bit, don't they? I mean, Swansea have fans reps on the in, in the uh, in the the um, in the corridors. Oh. No, 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 no. In the in the um, in the ladies' toilets. No, no, no. <laughs> Swansea have. He's back in the room again. Sorry, I was uh, treading water. Then Swansea uh, have fan involvement in the recruitment of new new managers, for example. And before we appointed uh, Mackay. And as soon as Brosnan was sacked, I emailed the, the club just to see if there was a possibility of any fans being involved. And I was told at the time, due to the situation that you know with Dave Wheeler making the decisions, that that was an non-starter. Uh, but it is, it is interesting it, it, because as fans, I mean, we, as fans, we said, Owen Coyle, wrong choice. As fans, we said. Marky Mackay, everything that he's bringing with him. But, it was going to be the wrong choice. If you choice. go back, just before we went on that mad run in 2011, as fans, the majority were saying, get shot of Martinez. So you can't. No, know, well, I don't mean that. Being in a majority yeah. doesn't mean you're right. No, no, I, well, I, I don't mean to, to influence whether a manager should be sacked or not, but in the actual application process, you can sit in and you can see why. A fans then can see why a certain candidate has been chosen above another one. Because we was all left scratching our heads when Steve McLaren was told no and Owen Coyle was told yes, weren't we? Yeah, I think the, the, the thing to say about um, fan, fan directors is they have constraints on them to start off with. <coughs> so they can't be swayed by the popular opinion at that time. They, ha they have to ha act like a director before yeah. they act like a fan. Jonathan Jackson's a fan director. Sorry to throw that in. But, and, and, but and he is, isn't he? Well, no, and, and that's good. Yeah, and got this got is fan chairman. Yeah, we've had that ram down our throat the last two days, haven't we? I would we'll say... Fan um, David yeah. I would say... I've had, I've had quite a bit of contact today saying, oh... You know, Dave Whelan going, the board board resigning the summer. That's this playing right into Matic's United's hands. Well, it's been the talk of uh, a lot of things. I mean, we've discussed it, and other people have discussed it. it. It is, and people see this as like an opportunity for something to happen. I think it's an opportunity to start those conversations with the club. I think we we all know um, we all know what sort of person Dave Whelan was, and we also know that's why he made a success of what he's made a success of. But well, it's a new the, thing, isn't it? Do you think the club would look towards independent fans' representation or official fans' representation? What I'm meaning here, if the, if the club was going to pick someone to go on the board, would they not look at someone from within the supporters' club? Well, I, I would to go back to what's the difference between um, the supporters' club and, and, and somewhere else. Well, yeah, it's, it's, I know exactly where it's coming from, and I'm 100% behind you, but the club, I think, would say we already have and that's what we'll use it if it was going well that, that's the point where if you've got enough fans together on, on, on enough issues and, and that's where I think the fundamental problem lies in, in getting enough fans to, to, to back different initiatives because I've, I've seen many many different things divide support um, if you can get that if you can get that volume you'll get listened to precisely I don't I, I and I'm probably moving away a little bit from Matic tonight. I don't think volume necessarily is the key thing. It gives you a lot of having that support gives you a lot of power. But an independent organisation who can talk away from the club, talk honestly about issues and talk about them well can drive things out. We uh, to go back to the, the lead situation, the conversation that I had with Jonathan Jackson around ticket prices at Leeds drove certain things to happen I, I, I believe that's true I don't think the supporters club could have had that conversation with him um, and I'll, I'll be perfectly honest my biggest disappointment out of that whole situation was at no stage did the supporters club chip into that debate one way or the other um, all I was doing was trying to voice the opinion of that group of fans, not with a mandate, just just to amplify their voice. Well, some, well, some of those fans will have been well, supporters club that, members. That, that, that's the point I want to chip in and say is, as a lobby uh, movement, fans are the best people to do it. 
to get their opinion, to get their recommend, to troll their opinion, to get the recommendations from the fans about, well, hang on a minute, we've got this guy here with such and such a club about ticket prices. For them to take that to the club and say, look, we're not happy with this, it's good, it's good. But I don't think any body of fans should really strive to try and become involved in the day-to-day -day running of the football club itself. And like I say, yeah. I, I go back to the point I made yeah. before, that if, if that's what... We, we, we want to have an independent supporters association, and if that group of fans don't want fan involvement in the board, don't want fan ownership, then that's not the way it'll go. But I, democracy I, above everything else. And, I, and I, think, I think there's, there's um, longevity in this from the point of view of clubs should then appoint representatives for a national fans body. Notice just what happened the other week with the United and the Liverpool fans. It's the only time I've actually ever seen two of them stood together without knocking lumps out of one another. Is they were both you, uh, both coming together protesting about the price of tickets for that particular fixture. Yeah, and, and we're completely supportive of organisations like Football Supporters Federation, Supporters Direct. Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a new organisation, the Fans Action Network, that's set up. And, and, and I encourage anybody anywhere to get involved in that. Right, um, brilliant stuff, Alan. I'm going to have to move it along because uh, we, 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 you know, it's time, time constraints, etc., etc. But if people want to find out more, want to join, want to uh, become involved, what's the best thing? Is it best via Twitter with the at Latics United? Uh, no, what, what what I'd recommend people to do is to go to latixunited.org.uk. Latixunited.org.uk. All lowercase. Yeah. On the, the right hand matter? side, no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> on the right hand page, there's a little box for you to put your email address in and your name if you're that way inclined. Oh. Press subscribe and then you'll get information from us. If you want to be more actively involved, we've got a contact us button at the top of the page. Get that, you'll get an email form, drop us an email, tell us who you are, tell us tell us what you can bring to us. What you need to do, and I'll be perfectly honest here with you, is to sort out a cricket tournament, Alan, for the summer, and invite everybody along, get a beer tent, and everybody will be there. I tried that two years ago, nobody was Do it again this summer, I'm telling you now, that <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. Cricket tournament because I know you're into your cricket. I am. See, I know a little bit. Of, um, not a stalker. <laughs> that wasn't me, by the way, with the long lens yeah. camera. No, I'm glad, you, I'm glad you brought me over because uh, I've, I've managed to walk past Gidler School Field, which, yeah. is, which is where I uh, honed my cricket skills. Oh, is it? Oh, just your cricket skills, eh? <laughs> right, anyway, so that's uh, that was. Um, Good, and it's good that some questions got put to Alan as well from yes. some of the other members, and uh, it was a, a good little debate to listen to that. Uh, right, so we're moving on. We've got Leeds coming up on Saturday, so we're going to do a quick Leeds review. Um, before we do, oh, we're going to finish with uh, David Whelan, and we mentioned him, we're going to finish off with David Whelan. Before we move on, uh, just a couple of things to announce. Um, there's an FAB meeting on Tuesday at the Latics and uh, the Latics SLOs, Ian Wadsworth who's been on the show and Jason Taylor have said if you have any questions that you need uh, raising at this FAB meeting on Tuesday, if you can email either of them, you get their email details off the club's website, email them the questions and it's for this Tuesday. On the agendas, two things, we're going to be talking about student at the uh, at the ground on match days and we're going to talk about match days catering concourse, yeah. yeah concourse catering but as usual anything else can be brought up so getting uh, messages into them and uh, also Dan you've got to, you want to give a little plug to something you've been involved in I have indeed yes I've done a book cover basically wow yes made up of football stickers and oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's not interesting then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, dodgy yeah. publication of some sort. Yeah, well, it is. <laughs> what, what's the image of this, these football stickers? What do they make? Is it uh, a, a naked lady? <laughs> I wish it were. No, it's oh, a football dear. stadium. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, this book is. Uh, it's it's uh, uh, Neil's rumours poem set in a yeah. in a, an appropriate position if it was. <laughs> <laughs> Get that picture out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> right. So go yes. on. Sorry. Sorry. Dan. Yeah. Carry the book on. Is, um, oh, what's it called? Stuck on You, the history, the rise and fall of you. the song by Lionel Richie, you mean? No, the movie. It's a, it was a Farrelly Brothers movie. It was uh, about congealed twins. Congealed twins. Congealed. 
connected twins I don't know they were stuck together one was yes, an actor they were very funny stuck on you it were called well unfortunately like Matt Dumber, Damon like Dumber and Dumber but with but uh, worse but with <laughs> Siamese twins well unfortunately so. this book has nothing to do with it it's about the history of football stickers <laughs> what's that mean in vino veritas Barry right. in wine the truth You've had one pint. I know, my Tom's loose. I know, I've got to get through this. Yes, uh, it's out now if you want to buy it. Do a Google search. So, sorry, Dan. You can find details on Jesus was a Wiganer. You can indeed, yes. You can indeed. Well, whilst we're on books, because it's World Book Day. World Book Day today. Yeah. It is indeed. I'll, yes. I'll throw a plug in for um, Jimmy's book. Have, yeah. you, have you had Jimmy on? Yes, we have. Two years ago, yeah. Um, uh, you, some of you may have seen in the Daily Mail today that. No. Um, oh, the Daily Mail? <laughs> the Daily Mail? Um, like the pies. The Daily Mail. The Daily Mail. Jimmy's in the Daily Mail. Yes. The Daily Mail. Have I got this right? Yes, I've just had a text saying no, no. it was a news agency, but yes, he was yeah. in the Daily Mail. Oh. Uh, yeah, Delight of Pies, searching down on Twitter via Google, uh, he's got some left. Uh, pies? Hey! Books. <laughs> it's a very good book, whether you like pies, travelling, just good writing. I don't know, there's another one thing. Excellent. Excellent. Right, is that, are we, are we around the window? Yeah, we're going to come to that at the end. Uh, on Saturday it is Leeds United at home it's also the beer festival so uh, make sure you've got a couple of quid in your pocket to get in there uh, we've got Leeds on Saturday we've played them eight times we've beaten four times in that and we've only lost two we've drawn the other two first time we played them was going here if we were through that window there over to my left that's where we played them the first time we ever we ever come across Leeds United, Springfield Park. When was that? It was in 1987, and we lost 2-0 in the FA Cup quarter-final. That's, that trophy, that has some meaning to our club. I, I forget what it is at this moment in time, but... Oh, yes, we won it. Oh, That's the we? one. Hey, hey. Um, right, uh, Leeds United, yeah, and uh, the referee is Jeff Eltringham from County Durham. Why, hi, Jeff. Uh, put some vinegar on it. Have you anybody seen that Keith Lemon show? No. Uh, he does uh, an impersonation of uh, Denise Robinson, Robertson off this morning. No. This is just so funny. These anyway. names mean nothing to me. They don't mean anything to me, Dan. I don't want to go in here. I need help. <laughs> no, I just, that's uh, right, Jeff's had 27 games, 70 yellows, and 7 reds in those 27. That's a red every 3.9 games. Good maths. Hey, I'll tell you what. I think I recall this referee uh, ref does against Barnsley. He did. And against Forest in the Cup. He did, and also Four against Bournemouth. Bournemouth we won 3 0. We won 3 0. So he's had us three times and we've won all three. Then's the only three times he's refereed us. So hopefully, it says it there. Have you been reading my notes? No, I just remember. Oh, come on, Adam. That, that lad from Barnsley off that Dale Jennings. He did, he sent it. Well, he deserves to go to. He was at Bayern Munich. Yep. Yeah, we all shouted, get him off! And he, he did, he sent him off, it was brilliant, though. Gareth. Gareth's lost. How are they doing? <laughs> How are Leeds doing? Give us some, some uh, current form. Well, I'd like to look at the last five games, by the way. Um, Wigan have won three of the last five. <laughs> hey! Yeah, hey. Is, yeah. Leeds have won three of their last five as well. Ooh. So, form going into this is exactly the same. I've been both won three and lost two of our last five games. Oh. So, uh, who's the leading goal scorer? The leading goal scorer is, if you well, you're asking me to go near Mirko Antinucci. Ah, Antinucci, eight, eight goals. Who's our leading goal scorer? James McLean with six. Five, six. 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 And of course, they've got um, Austin, who we thought we'd sign, then we didn't sign, and we didn't know if it was coming or whatever, if the fee had been agreed. Uh, and we've got Jason Pierce, who we did sign. Harry so, Pierce. who Harry Pierce? Harry Pierce. <laughs> Jason's ruler. Uh, Spooks. Who? Spooks. Harry Pierce was the boss in Spooks. Yeah, uh, watch television. Spy drama. Yeah. Don't watch it. Apart from Keith Lemon. I remember the very, show, very first episode of Spooks. Adam won't remember it. He probably wasn't allowed up. Ryan, let's have some predictions. We'll start off with Paul. Give us a prediction for the Leeds game. We've not won at home since August, so <laughs> we'll have a one-day long win. You say this every week. I know. Dan, 
I'll take a draw, Barry. One off. Alan? Uh, nil nil, I think. Yeah. Mick? I'm banned. We're going to win. <laughs> <laughs> Is that 100%? Win? Yeah, definitely. No, that you're banned. <laughs> well, uh, oh. if I go, I have to sneak out the house with my vest um, tuxedo on. Right. I'm going to a really good do, you see. Yeah. So if you see me on Saturday, you look like James Bond. Come out to Mondo. Yeah. 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 So when you were young, you know, you look like Tom Cruise. I used to always think this. Yeah. You don't look like him now, though, Martin Martin said. But you did. I know Tom Cruise has gone ugly, hasn't he? He has, you hear me? I've stayed the same. Uh, Shut up. Put <laughs> <laughs> well, it this way. Put it this way. It's a good job he's on the uh, radio and not TV. Yeah. Right, Rob. I agree with Dan. One more. Gareth. Well, I'm hoping that Kim Bo Kyung puts in a performance like he has done for the last two games, scores again, and go for 2 0 Wigan. 2 0, that's it. Get it. Yeah. I'm with you, we're going to do 2 0, that's it. That means we'll bloody lose now. Right. If we do win that game. Before we finish this evening, sorry. I was going to say, if we do win that game, it could mean we're out of the relegation zone by the end well, of the month. Well, yeah, it will. I've got my other room tickets today. I'm going. Anybody else going? Well, what? Rotherham? Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Still waiting to find out. There's only me got the, the, the belief then. New York, New York. Yeah, New York. <laughs> Do you know why it's called the New York Stadium? You should listen to our podcast three episodes ago. You know. I'm saying no more. Take that, man. Because it's a stadium. <laughs> yeah. Right. This week, our esteemed chairman, David Whelan, hung up his checkbook and his wallet and said, that's it, I'm done. I'm going to hand over to my grandson now who's come of age, David Sharp. Sad day really, isn't it? Because 20 years and a week since we played at Hartlepool United, down here, we've been 2-0, 28th of February, his first game in charge, 1995. I was there that night, 1,452 people. <sighs> what what a journey we've been on since. What were thoughts when we took over then, well, think, oh, here's a way out of all this. No, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I, my, my exact thoughts were: it's about time because he's been rumoured that he was going to come in quite a, quite a, a few times uh, previously. And when Kenyon was in charge, Bill Kenyon, uh, it was rumoured then that he was going to come in. But Kenyon wanted a million pound, and we were at the time said, "There's no way I'm paying a million pound. It's not worth it." But I do believe he paid um, Stephen Gage, or as we know later said. Ken Bates, because he owned the club and Ken Bates in them days, but yeah. we're not allowed to sell that. He paid him a million pounds, so... It was a different club though, wasn't it? I mean, you got it, for, what, for well, yeah, whatever you yeah, say, yeah. The, the club that Kenyon had, and the club that Cage, Gage, sorry, and the consortium yeah. had, were a different club. They stabilised a lot of what was going on. And I think, to answer your question, I don't think it, when it come come that Hartley Pool game I don't think I'd stop laughing from the uh, we're going to be in the Premier League statements to be honest mm. um, there was still a lot of cynicism about wasn't there about oh he's a rugby man eh? he's a rugby man he's more interested in rugby than he is than we are but as Barry said it's been such a journey yeah. and I, I know you can't you can't question anything he's done since then. the thing with Will though he, he, he had drive he had ambition whether it was for the or for himself, it doesn't matter because it was the same vehicle that he was, that he was going along. He had the drive, the ambition, and he had the vision as well to push the foot. Also, he had the cash, but, but the cash is no good without the other, the other three things. And, and he brought that along with him as well. And he sold me on his dream. He did. He delivered on his dream, hasn't he? Well, <laughs> big style. And, and do you know now, we've got family connection to him. Because now he's retired, he's having my grandma's Stan of Sterlich. She didn't want it, it was driving her up the wall. <laughs> That's all you do, it. None of your crap about donkeys. Right, well, <laughs> I feel that was really funny until you had to bring the donkeys back in. Oh, <laughs> oh, sorry, was that a joke? Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> 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 I was out, I was out with Paul about four weeks ago, I was walking up the street and, and we walked past the guy and he said, Hi Barry, how you donkey? I said, Paul, did he call you donkey? He said, yeah. I said, why, why does he call you donkey? He said, he know, he know, he always calls me that. <laughs> anyway. We shouldn't laugh at speech yeah. impediments. So, Mr Wheeler has, uh, has got his own guppet. What do we think? Uh, you can't not, like I said earlier, you can't pick a club that's had a better ride in 20 years. I mean, I've only been, I've only been around for the last six years. Who's taller than that? Well, <laughs> I, I know, but you know what I mean. But you can't pick a club that's had a better ride. You know, I've just caught the back end of it. 
even if you were to take the all 92 clubs plus whoever's been dipped in and out of the football league you can't find anybody that's had the fairy tale in the last 20 years take away winning the FA Cup qualifying for Europe and getting promoted to the Premier League okay. take them away and, and, and eight seasons in the Premier League where you never yeah, and, and, the, and the Capital One Cup final yeah and the auto win screen what's your favourite moment what, what, what lasting impression has it left on the what's your favourite moment what did he do for us yeah what did he do for us he's <laughs> <laughs> put them on the mat on the mat you're talking about Rotherham if you, if you don't have Whelan and his input Rotherham's where you would be, isn't it? You know, a, a, a job in third division, fourth division club. It didn't feel like that back in 1995. That's all I can say. In what sense? That we didn't know where we were going. You know, I, mean, I, I, I suppose I, I said before we'd stabilised, but you know, you wind back a bit. You look at the time Bill Kenyon was in charge, and we were talking about Warrington. We were talking about Scam. Mm. Yeah. And if those things had happened. They may not have been a football club in Wigan. No, even, yeah, they, may, they, may, they may not have been a football club that even was connected to Wigan Athletic. So, other people put us on the path to stability. He, he finished the job off. Good start, I think, is the, the answer to that question. Yeah, I, I mean, you, there's plenty of clubs, stable clubs, that floated around in those divisions aren't they for years you, know, I mean, yeah, you, you look at the bottom line and you look at our and, sorry for bringing dirty money up but you look at our revenue now our revenue is a foot Premier League club where we're bringing in as much across the season as some clubs bring in a single game if we were and this is still a possibility in the future it was a fear, it's a fear for next season season beyond if we go down what's our revenue going to be because that becomes much more important when you're in those bottom two divisions where you can only spend so it's 60% of what you bring in mm. Mm. and that, that's what you've got to think about with the future of the club but he's done it he's, he's done it a lot he saves us from even having to think yeah. about that he's, 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 that's the good thing is is the fact that knowing, knowing Dave Whelan as we all did before he actually took over the club we knew he was a very successful businessman and that he wouldn't spend loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of brass willy nilly and um, putting the club into debt and he has, he's done that so yeah, I said well done thank you very much indeed sir and no doubt he will still still be calling the shots to a certain extent it's his business has only known, Adam has only known the Wheeler era that's all he's ever known all he's ever known. Oh, me too, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My granddad's so told me a few stories. <laughs> and Dan, Dan has all, all he's ever known. What are you on about your granddad? Is that what you're saying? We're granddads to you. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you say? Well, well, that's, that's well granddad. Granddad. On that note, right. it's a good night from me. A good night from us.
tied up with string Flying Gently bones and talking things Sighing A radio and phonograph Charlie Chaplin made us laugh Find thoughts of when I was. 